Yeah, we're back. Episode six of the World Studies Pod class. We are in unit one. It's culture. This episode is potentially going to be the most uh, controversial episode, at least of the unit. Who knows? We're going to get into some dicey topics. I'm going to give a little disclaimer as we move on, but I need to hook you as a listener, right? So I have a TikTok teacher account. I did a poll, a survey based on discussions I had in class. And the question is this, which is more offensive for someone to fart in public or for someone to pick their nose in public? So imagine you are at a meeting at work or if you're a student, you're in class and you look over and exhibit Z, picture whoever you want. Option A, leans over, rips a fart, <laughs> leans back down, no facial expression. It wasn't like a joke, wasn't like, oh, like looking around, rips a fart. Option B, exhibit Z, you look over, he's got, or she's, or they, he's got the finger up the nose, digging for boogers. Now, potent, what they do with the booger, they get a booger, they wipe it under the seat. I don't know. They put it on their shirt. Which is more offensive? I asked TikTok. I got 32 responses, so we can't necessarily call this quantitative research. 22 of the 32 said it's more offensive to pick your nose in public than to fart in public. <laughs> I don't know. The taboo of picking the nose, like what's up with that? What do you think, dear listener? Welcome to the episode on Taboo. Dear listener, which is more offensive to do, to pick your nose or to fart? And just based on conversations, it feels that people find picking your nose to be more offensive. As in like, that's not acceptable behavior to perform in our society or our culture. We would call it taboo. The sociological definition of taboo is the prohibition of an action, so picking your nose, based on the belief that such behavior is either too sacred not picking your nose, that's not too sacred. And consecrated or too dangerous and accursed for ordinary individuals to undertake. I don't know if it's dangerous. But picking your nose is essentially, I would think, socially accepted above a certain age. What are we thinking? Like when, at what age? Let's say you got like a little kid that's picking their nose. Like, hey, like little Johnny, we don't do that, okay? If you need to do that, you blow your nose. At what age is it like, yo, Dude, stop. That's disgusting. And think of norms. You participate in norms so you can become part of a group so life is easier for you. That's like the socialization of school. You don't want to be the kid that's out there picking their nose. But I can't help but wonder, one, 
why is that offensive? Like, why is it so gross to pick your nose? And I was having this discussion with my students and like some students were straight up almost like plucking their ears. They couldn't even listen to a conversation about picking the nose. Like, when did that happen? Because do you think the cavemen picked their nose? Probably. And I don't know the answer to this question, but like at what point did it become taboo to pick your nose, to dig for boogers? Now, eating the booger, we won't even need to discuss that. I think we can all agree upon that. My argument for like farting and picking the nose is like when someone, and by the way, we're going to be talking about taboo behavior for the next hour. So this is like just the surface. It's going to get, here's my disclaimer and I'm going to do it again in a little bit. We're going to get into some pretty heavy topics. If this makes you uncomfortable, don't listen to this one. But we're going to have a very deep, I think, a very deep question. Um, but I'll get into the disclaimer in a moment. Let's finish talking about picking your nose. When someone farts and you smell their fart, like that's the air that left their butthole going into your nose. And you think that is less offensive than just looking at someone picking their nose. That says a lot about nose picking then and how we feel about that. And the argument that people say is, oh, well, farting in public is a conscious, or no, picking your nose is a conscious choice. Everyone farts. Okay, yeah, you can try to hold the fart into the best of your abilities. You can step outside. And also, like, someone farting affects me. I smell their fart. Someone picking their nose, I just look at it and think, that's disgusting. But that's one example of taboo. For instance... Apparently, in Turkey, blowing your nose in public is like seen as picking your nose to us, like the relative scale. I have a box of tissues in my classroom. Students just walk up when they need to and they blow their nose, no problem. I'm not like, like, hey, take that outside. It's not like people are freaking out about it. Why? Because in our culture, we're cool with blowing your nose in public. It's better than picking your nose, I think most people would say. In Turkey... Go to the bathroom in private and blow your nose. That's taboo to like do that in public. Cultural differences. We're going to get into the end discussion. And I'm going to give you a lot of examples. So here's the official disclaimer, everybody. So get ready. This episode is going to come with a parental advisory. We're going to be getting into some pretty heavy taboo behaviors. Like we're going to start pretty, well, we're going to start with a cultural one um, and then we're going to get into some light stuff and then we're going to get into like sexual taboo as well as things such as like murder. We're going to talk about like pedophilia. It could make you uncomfortable and it like will make me a little bit uncomfortable to like talk about certain things because we're going to be looking at other cultures either in the past or today where they do things that I think would make us slightly uncomfortable. If that makes you uncomfortable, do not listen. I'm going to say parental advisory PG 16 for this one. So if you are listening to this and you're not of this age, I'm stamping this right now. PG 16 you should stop listening. 
I would also like to do another disclaimer. Because the one I'm about to start with is um, a little dicey. (laughs) I am a white male in America that does influence how I understand the world. I try to be as objective as possible when I'm doing my research as well as when I'm teaching. I once had a, and this is a side thing, I once had a teacher who was leaning to one side politically and this teacher tried to teach the history from that perspective and that bothered me because that teacher, it felt like, was trying to teach me what to think and to think like that person rather than for me to think on my own. I try to be objective when I'm teaching. I try to be objective when talking about things. But we're going to get right now into a topic where I am not of these cultural groups. I'm not trying to justify what they do, nor am I trying to point out flaws in what they do. I'm just saying, I mean, I'm going to give my opinion like pedophilia. No, I'm going to give my opinion rarely to the best of my abilities. I'm just trying to tell you, this is what these people do. What can we think about this? The big question of this episode. So that's, these are my two disclaimers. One, we're talking about uncomfortable things. Two, I'm white, I'm Christian, middle-class, male, uh, whatever else. (laughs) So you can get upset with me for my opinions. I'm doing the best I can not to give my opinions. You can get upset with me for my identifiers. I don't really know what to do about that. Okay. The big question is, is there universal right and wrong or just cultural differences we do not understand? Because we're going to be looking at taboo in general and we're trying to understand culture right so culture is when people come together they develop things such as language um the social structure perhaps a religion they definitely develop norms so things that are considered normal such as like the handshakes um and then culture changes why does culture change ideas and technology For some cultures, which we looked at before, like the norms are different all around. So to say like, oh, that's normal, like it's normal for you or it's normal for them, that you can't say like it's normal across the board. Maybe things like laughing, like people, I think humans just laugh, right? There's general, we're all humans. So we share those qualities and traits. That's the nature nurture. The nurture aspect is really cultural. When we get into taboo, we are looking at behaviors that that culture, whichever we're looking at, says like, no, we do not do this. A lot of times it's connected to religions and like what their their values are essentially. Um, but taboo is things that are essentially unacceptable, like picking your nose. That's a very light one. Here is something I'm going to propose to you. The objective while you're listening to all this is to think about how accepting of cultural differences should we be? Because we have our sets of taboo. We have our sets of like what's normal. The United States is what we'll call a melting pot. We're not perfect at it, but the idea is you got people coming from all these different cultures living on a land that is accepting of differences. You have the right to say things. You have the right to practice your religion. You have the right to 
essentially try to experience as much freedom as possible. We're not doing a great job at it. At it. How accepting of cultural differences should we be? And we're going to get into like, look at some pretty severe things that we would consider taboo that other cultures do not or did not. For instance, this, and this is where like, it's going to get dicey, but ideally we're all going to be chill about this. We're not going to get political in this political environment. That's the theme song. There is a video that is based in the suburbs of France and it's these two women and one of them is wearing a body camera. Now, in, I don't remember the name of the town and maybe it's even better that I don't, but these, this suburb of Paris has received a lot of immigrants. Immigrants that are Arabic and from the Middle East. They did not, I don't think they said specifically what country they came from. Had a lot of immigrants come in, so much so that, and that's fine, like the immigrants come in, they bring their culture with them. Culture changes with diffusion when you have two cultures coming together, right? And then like they essentially, let's say they have a baby and they produce something else. Like Italians coming to Italy, making Italian-Americans, whatever. So you have a wave of immigrants coming from the Middle East into the suburbs of France. A cultural norm where these people come from is the women stay home. They also like they cover their hair and they don't go outside unless like they're running errands. And the men are like in these cafes and hanging out, doing whatever, like just walking the streets. So you got these two women. One of them is wearing a body camera. She they go into this cafe and it's all these men. And one of the guys that works there or that's there is like can we help you? She's like, oh, you know, I'm just, just going to get a seat with my friend. We're going to have some coffee. He's like, no, like, what are you doing here? You, you don't belong here. Like, you need to go home. This isn't where women are. And she's like, this is France. Like, I want to get a coffee with my friend. And they're like, no. Where we come from, that's not what we do. You need to go home because the men are the ones that hang out. So like, women, you need to go home. And they, eventually the two women leave and they're saying like, I, like, this is France. This doesn't make sense. So the question is, like, how do we handle this? And I'm not being xenophobic. I'm not being ignorant towards, I'm not even saying that whether that's right or wrong. I'm just asking, like, how do we make sense of this? Like, what happened? What, the question is, how accepting of cultural differences should we be? For this group, they brought their culture with them and part of their norms, it was almost, it was taboo essentially for women to go outside in public and just like hang out. What happens if they bring that, that part of their culture is brought to like the United States? Like how would I, I have to ask myself, like how would I feel if I was out with my wife and I go into a cafe and someone says like, well, can I help you to like my wife's like, you don't, you should be home. Like, whoa, man. <laughs> and like, what if my wife was out with her, one of her girlfriends and like goes to a cafe and people are like, you need to go home. I'd be like, this is America. Like I have the, she has the freedom to go outside. The question is how accepting of cultural differences should we be? Because there are other norms and things that other cultures bring to the United States, like look at the handshakes or other things that like we should be very accepting of. 
is there a line that we draw where it's like, no. And like, what is that line where we say, no, we should not accept that in our culture because part of what America is, is the freedom. There's liberty, right? It's freedom from restrictions. It, so is it like where you're restricting others, someone else's freedom? So like my wife can't go into a cafe because it's someone else's culture that like she can't do that. I don't know. I'm not saying whether <laughs> I think you can like get a general idea of how I feel about that. But what we're about to do is like look into some major cultural differences and we're going to look at it and like one observe, okay, what do they do? But then again, the question is how accepting of cultural differences should we be? And then the even bigger question is, is there universal right and wrong or just cultural differences we don't understand? So do I have the right as a human to look at someone else's culture and like a norm that they do and like a behavior of theirs and say, no, <laughs> that's wrong. Like, I don't care what culture you are. Like, that's wrong. You, sh you shouldn't do that. I'm not necessarily saying I should go into that culture and like stop them from doing it or maybe, I don't know, there's some pretty heavy stuff. But I guess the question would then be if these people immigrant and they have the right to immigrate to our nation, if they do this, is there a line that we should be like, hey man, like I get that that's your culture, but like you can't do that here. So let's get into it. Do you have a dog or a cat like as a pet I think a lot of people in the United States do right I have two dogs I love my dogs I love dog videos on Instagram I am better friends with my dogs and I like my dogs more than I like some people on this planet I have a relationship with my dogs like I can look at them I can say Jack are you a good boy and he'll start wagging his tail and like look at me and then like give me his paw and I'll rub his forearm or I'll tell him to sit. Like he is and a decently intelligent being, a creature. And I have a relationship with that dog. Would I ever eat my dogs? I mean, if you get into like the survival situation, perhaps. But like, how would you feel if you went to the local restaurant and like you look at the menu and like, okay, our specials today are the lasagna and they like go through and on the menu, you see like fried dog. How would you respond? Would you be like, <laughs> I don't, at first I would be like, well, I'm definitely not eating that. But then the question is like, is that allowed? <laughs> you know, like if someone has fried dog and it's straight up dog on their menu, like, are they allowed to do that? That seem, that's taboo in our culture, like to eat cats and dogs. You don't really do that here. In cultures, um, I mean, like South Korea's one, some Asian cultures, and like in Africa, there's a very long list of a lot of other cultures in the world that eat dog. If you go there, like, and someone's serving dog and you're traveling, you can't be like, hey, that's right, and like freak out. It's a cultural difference, but like, what happens about the United States? Like, people are trying to eat dogs. Here's a question Ask me what I had for breakfast on Saturday eggs and bacon. I looked this up, and again, the source was uh, from what was it? It was like something essentially going vegan. And the source said that. Pigs are the fifth most intelligent animal 
which I don't know if that's even true, but uh, apparently pigs are fairly intelligent, like apparently more intelligent than dogs. And we eat bacon, we eat ham all the time. That is an animal that people have as pets that we eat and it's tasty. Everyone's like, mmm, bacon. Like you put bacon on ice cream. You put bacon on a lot of stuff. That's pig. But you're cool with that. You're like, oh yeah, it's bacon, man. Like, of course. Oh, that bacon smells so good. What if it was like, that's dog. Like, oh, are you kidding me? No, I will not. Like, you can't do that. I'm going to report this restaurant. But like, go to any diner. Like, yeah, can I get some bacon on the side? What's the difference? Time, uh, again, like you are, how you are, who you are. That's like the whole nature nurture thing. 80% of you, whatever, is based on circumstances. The idea of eating a dog, you'd probably be like, no, I will not do that. In fact, if this is in my area and I find out people are like harvesting dogs and killing them and then eating them, I, I am I going to call the cops? I really don't know. Pigs, I'm like, yeah. I mean, like, hopefully you're doing it and it's like at least ethical, I guess. I'm, I've honestly been struggling with this personally. Like I was driving down the highway and I saw this huge 18 wheeler and it was just filled with a bunch of pigs and definitely on their way to be slaughtered. And I was just thinking like, those things definitely have to know what's going on right now. Like what a bizarre experience. You just get thrown onto this truck, onto this highway to a place where you're going to get slaughtered, butchered, whatever else. And like, I eat meat. I've killed things like hunting. I eat meat. But that I was just thinking like, I just do it because it's a norm. Like I grew up eating bacon, but like a pig is probably more intelligent than a dog. So like, do I, I think what people just tend to do is like, nah, just not think about it. Like, nope, whatever. It's bacon. It's good. Insects. Like, would you ever eat an insect? I, I, well, I have. And in our culture, it's not that common, but in like areas such as Southeast Asia, Latin America, and Central Africa, that's a normal part of their diet is eating insects, which frankly, I feel that on an ethical level, I don't like whatever you want to say, that's probably more ethical than eating dogs or cats or pigs. But we would not be very, I don't, it's not like taboo. Like if, if, I don't know if I'm teaching and like a kid pulls out a little glad bag of a bunch of crickets and starts eating them, I would be like, where are you from? Where are you from? Like, what is, why? How did you get that? That's not as taboo as eating cats and dogs, but some cultures do. So like, again, the, how accepting if they come to the United States and they start eating dogs like they start trying to sell dog meat on the market like what do we do about this because then we're like well yeah you eat pigs like buddhists try not to eat meat at all cultural differences taboo i think it would be pretty would be pretty messed up if someone was trying to eat dogs around here Again, the key is when I go to an area that's eating dogs, well, I get like, what's what's the expectation? Am I gonna like cause this huge uproar? 
And yet, when people watch videos of vegetarians or vegans like going into McDonald's and like, this is terrible, they're like, oh, psh. I'm going to eat a burger. Like, cows have best friends, apparently. Like, cows are somewhat intelligent creatures. I don't know, but you can't eat a dog because that's taboo. How about drugs? Doing drugs, it seems that is becoming less and less taboo, but back in the 1940s, 50s, like let's say marijuana. By the way, we're switching topics. We're moving on. Drugs, doing like consuming marijuana was a pretty big deal. And like when you learn the history of it, it's actually a racist history. What's new? Um, But doing drugs, marijuana back in the day was major taboo like you were seen as a low-life hippie stoner lazy whatever else that it was taboo behavior it was not seen as acceptable that's changing right and that's the whole like ideological shift we are shifting our perspective on let's at least say marijuana now how about things such as like heroin or meth or crack that is still seen as taboo. Like, yo, you don't do that. One, you shouldn't do it, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, you shouldn't do that. It's not good for you. But it is illegal here. And it's definitely seen as, like, taboo behavior to do those drugs. And, like, we judge the people that do it. We, like, view them lower. And I, when I say we, I think, like, people in general. I'm not saying me. I'm not saying you. Could be me. We view people lower. Now, I found out, like, I was doing research, and in 2001, Portugal decriminalized all drugs. So rather than arresting them, drug users were um, supposed to do, and it's called mandated rehabilitation and maybe some small fines. And what they found out was the rate of drugs didn't drop, um, but... It has decreased deaths from overdose and it's uh, decreased transmitted disease, sexually transmitted disease like HIV and AIDS. Significantly reduced it. They're not saying that like drugs are okay, but the taboo of like, do not even let us see that is being shifted. And they're having a place where people can go to, to do the drugs safely. So it's not reducing the amount of people or the amount of drugs that are being used, but some of the effects because drugs are taboo, like overdosing and sexually transmitted disease are being reduced. I'm not just, again, just want to make a disclaimer. I'm not saying that we should have the, like the, we should decriminalize all drugs, whatever else. I'm just saying Portugal has shifted their perspective on drug use. I think in the future, I don't know about like heroin, other things, but I think our culture is going to have a shifted perspective due to ideological, ideological inventions on drugs. Again, not saying they're good. Don't do drugs. Okay, this is where we get even dicier. And this is sexual taboo. One of the major shifts in our culture, at least, and like around the world, generally in some areas, other areas, it's still total taboo. Let's say homosexuality. That used to be illegal in the United States. Like if, if you performed homosexual actions, that was illegal and you could get arrested for it. 
like doing brief reading on it, it became legally nationwide in 2003. Lawrence versus Texas. But it was legal in some areas in like 1962. So it's been a long journey and it's not done, but like homosexuality was major taboo. Like to see two guys walking down the street holding hands was not acceptable behavior. That is shifting. That is changing. Again, you would think if this is the United States and we're based off of liberty and like freedom from restriction, you would think that that would be allowed. But then it gets to, and like, what about other things in regards to sexual actions that are going on around the world? Like how accepting of cultural differences should we be? Like if it starts to work its way into our culture, how do we feel about certain things? For instance, in the Krung culture, and I am probably pronouncing this incorrectly, but this is in Cambodia, so that's like Southeast Asia, right near Vietnam, there are things called love huts. And I, this is from Nat Geo, but apparently when, and this is not all of Cambodia, so this is almost like a subculture within this, when a man's daughter turns 13, he builds her a hut. So they are, they have within their like their family structure and the social structure is different. They have a bunch of huts. Within walking distance from like the family center of huts, the man will build his daughter a love hut as we would translate it. And this girl, this 13 year old girl has complete sexual autonomy. So she can invite over any boy she wants and go to the love hut and like, yeah, have at it. That is, I would say taboo, like, and I'm not, I'm not making a joke out of this or anything, but like, imagine if a man in the United States built a shed in his backyard for his 13 year old daughter and it's like, she's in control of her body. She can make her choices. Like we call it the love hut and like she can have over any boy she wants or a girl, I guess, I don't even know, into the love hut. I think people would probably try to stop that. That is taboo behavior in our culture. Now, the article was saying things that at least a girl was being interviewed and she said, yeah, um, this whole action of like guys forcing girls to have sex is, that's not really a thing in at least our area. And I'm not... Nat Geo was saying, like, is this correlation or is it causation? But it had a shift on, I guess, like the sexual dynamic and like guys forcing themselves on girls was less common in this. And so the question was, like, is this due to love huts? I don't know. I don't know if they know. <laughs> but like the, the cultural differences, again, imagine a dad builds a shed in his backyard for his 13 year old girl and says, like, she can have over any boy she wants and they can have at it. Uh, it's, kind of, it's the same thing in this culture. Like they go to the hut away from like the family structure within walking distance and like the dad builds it. What do we do if like that starts to work its way into our culture? Do we say no? Are we allowed to say no? Like, I know there are laws. There were laws against homosexuality. 
like a 13 year old girl just really seems really young and I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I think that I personally think that's too young but then someone's like well not to them they don't think that so who's right uh, <laughs> I again I'm trying like not to give my personal opinions on things I just want to point out what other cultures do that we would consider to be taboo it's not like preparation of like prepare yourselves they're coming to the United States like for, like xenophobia of like they've they've gotten rid of all morals like they're godless people like free i'm not doing that i'm just saying these people do this it's quite different from what we do i would feel a certain way about it but like i don't know like is it wrong or is it just a cultural difference like i don't understand because if i was born in that culture it would be normal i wouldn't bat an eye so like does and then does that fact then make like oh well then you can't you can't say anything's wrong dicey Pedophilia. I've looked at different pronunciations. Pedophilia is the one that I'm going to use. That is having a sexual interest in prepubescent children. I struggle with saying that word. Prepubescent children. It's like a man who is or a woman who's sexually attracted to a child. Total taboo. And like from being married to Kendra and she's in social work. Like the amount of trauma that that brings to the child. I would also go out on a limb and say like that's wrong to do. It is wrong. Pedophilia is wrong. It brings a lot of trauma. It's oppressive. A whole bunch to it. Not. I don't know about any modern cultures, but like. Pederasty, I believe it's called in ancient Greece was a socially acknowledged romantic relationship between an adult male and a younger male in his teens. And like, it was a romantic relationship. And like, that was a, again, I, I've done more research into it and like, it's questionable how acceptable it was. And like in different eras of the Greek history, there were some like, yeah, it's okay. Others like, no, that is definitely not okay. But there was a time in the Greek culture where it was okay for a, and it was almost like an apprentice, an apprenticeship. Like an older man would take a younger teenage boy under his wing and they would develop a romantic relationship. Um, like what? No, like what if that was then like brought into our culture? We ha again, we have laws and we're like, no, there is age of consent, all these things. That is total taboo. The only reason I'm bringing up is to say like, yeah, it's taboo. And like we have science and I think a lot of, at least hopefully, and I want to say hopefully, maybe I'm biased, but like Western civilization tends to look at things for, like we're based on the scientific revolution. We have like data that shows like, what does this do to the brain? Like it's not good. So therefore that like influences our decisions and like how we view things, not all the time, but there was a time and place where that was acceptable and like it was not taboo. 
that's pretty shocking. Incest. So that's sexual relations between relatives. Now, generally not accepted. Like, there's always the joke of, like, real backwoods people. And I don't know. But incest is not even legal in our culture, in the United States, and is just viewed as, like, that's disgusting, right? Like, that's taboo behavior. And when I when I started and I started talking about picking your nose, I did say we're going to get into some levels here. There's levels to taboo. Picking your nose is like, hey, man, you shouldn't do that. Incest is like, no, you do, you don't do that. It's also, I get, like, if it's America, like, hey, man, you really shouldn't do that. Now, we have laws. But what's interesting is with among cultures, the definition of how close a relative how is too how much how close is too close for a relative that varies and like that level of taboo so like some cultures you like your third cousin well, i don't know we're open up to that we will be open to that discussion and like other cultures like no man like if you if you i mean it, there are things like you have to go and check to see how close is too close like for reproducing and like creating offspring which is like a very technical way of like having a baby if incest has is proven to have like a very negative effect and like i don't know if that is that that's not like the and is that like the sole influencer is like why we think that's taboo i don't know but the thought of like siblings performing sexual acts is disgusting for us like cousins first cousins performing sexual acts is disgusting but among different cultures like the how close they are that varies so again it's like is there a right and wrong and you say there's a right another person disagrees what are we gonna do I think what makes this the most difficult is, in theory, the United States is based off of liberty and freedom from restriction. So to tell someone else what to do, when it's like, well, it's my choice. Like, when do we say, no, you can't do that? I don't, I'm not going to define the line. I think that's up for you as a listener to like talk to people about and like, hey, when do we draw the line of like restricting your behavior? or anyone's behavior let's like incest or like the love hut sexual taboo is pretty scandalous it makes people uncomfortable rightfully so like pedophilia not a comfortable topic to talk about and it is generally accepted that it's not okay and like that's evident because there's like laws against it and people that do do it try the best try to the best of their abilities to like keep it on the DL now we again we know the effects that it has on the younger people like the trauma and everything else so I'm not even going out on a limb I'm just saying like it's wrong but I'm pointing out like this is taboo behavior that was not always the case in other cultures and in like some cultures they they 
I guess force arranged marriages for girls that are fairly young. What do we do if that gets brought into the United States? I don't know. I don't know. The next topic is, I guess, death slash murder slash. Let's just go dead people. Murder is generally seen as taboo in our culture unless there's, I think, two situations. Self-defense and then war. And we don't even really call it murder. Like in war, you didn't murder someone, you killed them. I'm not getting into the whole discussion of if, if it's murder or killing. We view it differently. If you're in war and you end someone's life, that's not like first degree murder. Like you just killed them and you were doing your job. So that's not, that's not taboo. Now, if you go in within our culture, or even like if I'm traveling abroad and I end someone's life, like I've murdered them. Unless I'm defending myself and they're attacking me. Right? So the act of ending someone's life is generally accepted amongst our culture of you don't do that. Why? Well, like that just like that's the cultural norm thing of like we need to establish some rules here and to, in order to prevent chaos and like have order, it's best that we agree like you shouldn't kill someone else. That's taboo behavior. Even like jumping someone and beating them up for no reason or even if you have a reason. Like we if we get in a disagreement and all of a sudden I just leap up and just start beating you up. If I could beat you up, we th- that conflict would end with people being like, you can't do that. And I would get in trouble. Taboo. Like, take it all the way to murder. Taboo. Even what we do with dead people. How we treat the dead. Let's say we bury our dead people. We, like, we have a ceremony. It would be pretty... It would be taboo if I were to go to a graveyard and like dig up a body and dress it up, right? Um, there's a culture of people in Indonesia. A, they on it like in a certain time. So this is like a tradition. So this isn't like on a random Tuesday that they do this, but they dig up their dead ancestors, like dead fellow villagers. Um, they dress them up and they parade them around a village. Like apparently decades old bodies. That would be like if I went to a graveyard and I dug up my grandparents and like dressed them up and like walked them around. People like, what are you doing, man? Like, no, you can't do that. That is a norm for them. That's a tradition, a ritual almost, if you will. And they have meaning behind it and it means a lot to them. It's like showing them respect. And, but for us, like if I were to do that, even to my own grandparents, people would be like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You put that person back. I don't know. Like, would I get in trouble for that? I don't know. But what do we do? Again, the cultural difference. What do we do if these people come to our culture into the United States and start to do it? Like, do we let them do it? Like, well, are you hurting anybody? I don't know. 
Like, I find that to be offensive, I guess. But like, I guess, why do I find it to be offensive? And I'm not, I'm not even saying me. Like, it's the, it's like the picking your nose thing. Like, well, I find that to be gross. That's pretty disgusting. How about cannibalism? Cannibalism is a human eating the flesh of another human being. Um, in the Yanomami tribe, in the rainforest, in the Amazon rainforest, in Venezuela and Brazil, um, they perform what's called endocannibalism, and that's consuming the flesh of a member of one's own tribe after they've died, and it's a way to like, to take on their spirit so their spirit lives on. That would be strange if when my parents pass that I consume their flesh. Now, like, they have this whole thing where, like, they wrap it up in leaves and insects pick at it and then, like, the they pulverize, pulverize it and then put it into a soup and then drink the soup. So it's not like I'm cooking up my dad's legs. I'm essentially turning them to ash, I guess and drink them now still if i were to do that would i get in trouble in the united states i believe the law is that if i give you permission like i don't know if i have to put it in my will but i could say like i give you permission to consume my flesh you're legally allowed to do that that's endo cannibalism that's different than like the donner party in surviving when they were trying to cross the rocky mountains and they got lost and they were all starving to death and they ended up eating each other for survival. And then when like they made it out, those that survived made it out. Everyone's like, you did what? And like freaked out. Like, I don't know. Would you do it? You could be like, no, I would not eat someone. But like, do you know what it's like to starve to death? I don't. I would like to think I wouldn't eat my dogs. But if I were straight up starving, so were my dogs, like I'd eat them. I don't know about my wife. I don't know about humans. That gets a little tricky. It's taboo. It's taboo. Again, murder, like for me to kill you, but then it's even further taboo for like me to murder you and then eat you, like cook you, prepare you, eat you. Major taboo. Big no-no. Now, if again, like what if it's a ritual and I'm like trying to have your spirit live on. I think a lot of people would say, well, it doesn't work like that. Says you, cultural difference. Do we let that happen in the United States? Not like the eating someone for like survival, but the whole, my grandfather has died. I want to consume him in a way like drinking soup with his body in it where I can have his spirit in me. So his spirit lives on. Uh, that doesn't seem as bad. By the way, there are plenty of historical examples of like early humans, even like in the colonies, I think it's Jamestown or um, one of the American colonies where like they found like inside someone's skull, like it was a scent, it was scraped, whereas like someone's like spooning out their brain. So like we know that people have been eating each other for a long time. At what point did it come to become taboo of like, no, you don't eat someone when they die. You leave them alone because why? Like, I don't know, afterlife, whatever, like this whole sacred, like you must respect the dead. You put them in the ground. You don't even dig them up. That's messed up. At least that's what our culture would say. 
most people, like I think that's a majority opinion. How about the Korowai tribe in Papua New Guinea? Even until very rel rel relatively recently, this culture in Papua New Guinea, this like subculture, it's a tribal group, we would say much less developed in regards to technology. Like they are thousands of years behind. There are there are groups of people out there that like are in the Amazon rainforest that don't that we don't know about. Now that's that's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Like they're not even aware of like things going on around the world. And they like they see a plane go by, they think it's like some major dragon or bird. Like they have no comprehension of any of that. This group it's beginning to be influenced and like understand the outside world. And so this uh, practice is being reduced. But in this culture, if they believe you to be a witch, as if, if someone dies in our tribe or village and like dies suddenly from illness, usually they tend to, or we would tend to think that someone in this village is a witch and killed that person. And we are going to find them, we're going to kill them, and we are going to consume all of them. And like there are videos of this. I've watched videos and this guy killed his pretty much like one of his best friends. And he's like, yeah, I mean, he was a witch. Is that wrong? To them? No, actually, they're doing a great service to their community. We find the witch, we kill the witch, we eat the witch, and like the witch is gone. To us? Ah. Uh, like again, like what if, what would, how, what would you think if someone in our modern society in the United States would attack someone else, kill them, eat them, and say they were a witch? My first guess would be there's some form of mental illness going on. I don't know what. That's not my job to figure out. But something's going on. Like, remember the, I think it was bath salts dude in Florida, like, a few years ago? People were like, zombies! Like, someone attacked someone was, like, trying to eat their flesh. Uh, that's taboo to kill someone you suspect of being a witch and trying to eat them. So then the question begs, the two questions. One, how accepting of cultural differences should we be? So these people in Papua New Guinea try, and it's not all people in Papua New Guinea. They come to the United States, which I don't predict they would, but if they did, there are laws that prevent them from murdering someone, right? So I guess they can't practice that. But the question is, is there universal right and wrong or just cultural differences we don't understand. Because in my opinion, and you can let me know if you think I'm wrong, the moment you say you look at a different behavior and you say, that's wrong. And it's not even like that, no, they can't do that here in the United States. Like where they're at, what they're doing, that's wrong. The moment you do that, you are acknowledging that there is right and wrong and then, like, where's the line between 
Well, I wouldn't do that. But uh, they do, and live and let live, I guess. To no, I don't care what culture you are. I don't care like what you grew up believing. Like you, you shouldn't do that. That's wrong. That's just major taboo. I, I don't know. Like, should we, should we just start listing like all the taboo behavior, like the love hut? That one, it's not even like the, no, you should not do that in the United States. Like a, a father should not build a shed for, or a hut, we'll even call it. Shed makes it sound, I guess, worse. I don't know, a hut in my backyard for my 13-year-old daughter to have sexual autonomy. Shouldn't allow that in the United States. It's up for you to de- up to you to decide. But what about like looking at their culture and like, that's wrong. Shouldn't do it. How about in ancient Greece? With the older male and the younger male having a romantic relationship. That's wrong. Or is that, well, I wouldn't do that if I were them. But live and let live. Like picking your nose. Like, <laughs> is that, like that's wrong. I don't care where you're from. That's like, a, yeah, I wouldn't do it. Um, That's like kind of taboo behavior, not helping yourself out by being one who picks their nose, but like live and let live, I guess. Right? So is there a spectrum from like generally accepted behavior to cultural differences? Like I wouldn't do that, um, but you know, like eating insects, eating dogs, like where, where are we going here? Is it which side of the line is that? Eating dogs, eating cats. How about giving young children whips and having them whip each other and whoever whips the hardest and shows the least amount of pain that they are seen as a man? It's like a rite of passage. Should we allow like is that cool? Is that wrong? Is it happens? There's cultures that there's a culture that does that. At least a culture. How about going back to the one of the suburbs of France? How about forcing women to cover their bodies up, like cover their hair, cover their ankles? Like making women do it. That's a cultural norm for them. Like women do that and it's major taboo not to do it. Again, like, well, how do we, how should we view it in the United States? Um, the woman should have a choice. Now she could feel like major social pressure to wear the hijab or not. But like, How about the women staying home and like not coming out? What do you do? And like, when does it become xenophobic? Where you're like, no, you like, that's a cultural thing. Like, I'm not willing to accept. Can you call someone a xenophobe, xenophobe for like that? Of the not letting women go out in public? 
Is that xenophobic for saying like, I don't think that's a good idea in our culture. I don't think that should be a place. I don't think that should be a thing. Where's the line? Where is the line where it is acceptable to disagree with a cultural difference within your own community? Like, I think we could agree if, let's say, though that group that came from the Middle East, who it was a cultural norm for women to stay home, what if they were practicing Muslims? Like, in the United States, we have freedom of religion. They, If you draw the line of like, no, they can't go to a mosque and practice their religion, that's xenophobia. If let's say like a woman wearing a hijab which is the covering of their at least hair and there's like different levels of the hijab like let's say one of a woman a practicing muslim woman walks into a 7-eleven or any convenience store with that on like covering their face and you're like not in this and like start freaking out seems xenophobic like that's a practicing muslim Right, being accepting of those cultural differences. What about their cultural norm of women staying home? Should we be should we be accepting of that? Because if we are, then that means that like my wife can't go out to a cafe wherever if their population is so large where like that becomes the new norm wherever they have immigrated to. Should we accept it? I don't know. The question is, the question is, where is the line from right and wrong? How do we define the line? Like, is there a a concept or a theory or like a philosophy that we can like set the foundation on? Such as like the United States is everyone has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and every man is created equal. And like that is ideally like the foundation. So like we look to that to make decisions, which is why I would say like it doesn't make sense for homosexuality to be taboo. Perhaps that should be the foundation. Again, but that's the United States, right? And our culture is ever shifting. Like perhaps it's, we're going to talk about liberty extensively. It's an entire unit. We're going to be looking at like North Korea, uh, stateless societies in Africa, um, Scandinavian countries, South America, like all over the place. What does liberty actually mean? Perhaps the foundation which we should look to for considering cultural differences would be the impacting other people. Like imposing their culture onto another group. For instance, preventing women from going into a cafe. Like, hey, now you can do your own thing. Like you can feel however you want to feel, but you can't tell women to go home when they're going into your cafe. That's imposing your culture onto someone else. Just as much as you expect people to be accepting of your cultural norms you need to be accepting of other cultural norms. Because 
for us, it's a cultural. No- it's not taboo for a woman for women to go out in public. They let their hair down if they want. Like women now, like aren't they're not. And again, not all women, but like some women don't shave their armpits. Like that's t- that's turning less and less taboo. Like wearing a bra, whatever else like that, that's less and less taboo. Women are going out in public, rightfully so. And imagine telling a woman now that like they have to go home because they're a woman. They'd be like, heck no. So... What is the expectation that like if in your culture you expect women to stay home, but you have to respect that in like their culture, women go out. So like, where's the line? How accepting of cultural differences should we be? Every situation you have to contextualize and like put in its own place. Or we're just going to like look at every single norm and like, okay, this is going to the left side of acceptable, not acceptable. And like, who's deciding that? Was the government? Like, <laughs> I get the government makes laws. So like incest and pedophilia. But what about the women can't go out in public? Who's deciding this? How, ex- and the, Something else, I I hope that this discussion about taboo is getting you to obviously think about the line, if there is a line at all. But then also, like, your ability to look at other cultures, and if it's taboo to you, to ask yourself, like, okay, why is this taboo? Like, picking your nose, eating dogs, whatever else. And like digging up dead people and putting them in clothes. Why is this taboo? Why do we feel this way? And then even to think like, okay, culture is going to change. Is this something that in 50 years is not going to be a big deal? And like, that's okay. Like I acknowledge that like, okay, it's taboo now. And I can't do certain things that are taboo because like I have to live. Like I don't want to get fired from my job. And I need to be somewhat accepted in some form of culture in order to live an easier life. Like, why are some things taboo? When looking at another culture that you'd be like, that's not right. You should consider like, well, why do I think that? And I'm, I am not, and this is how I'll end it. I'm not saying forsake your morals, your code of life, your character, whatever else. You can believe there's right and wrong. But we should ease up a little bit when we're looking at other cultures and they do something that you think is taboo. So I just spent an hour long talking about norms, like things that are normal. The other thing, and like you don't need to participate in everything that's considered normal. The other way of looking at it is you should consider things that you consider taboo you should consider things you consider taboo what a great way of saying that you should be aware of things that you consider to be taboo and almost it's almost the same thing now i think it's harder to then like taboo like well you know what now that i think about it picking your nose is not a big deal and then you just like walk around picking your nose you got to be careful but when you look at other cultures and you place judgment 
You should also be careful. And here's the question, folks. Where is the line? Bell's ringing. It's 